This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 126 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look, gets some softcore crimes. I'm your boy Leroy, coming at you straight out of the closet with a couple tales of Valentine's Day incidents that led to arrests. It's February, love is in the air. It's so powerful this time of year, isn't it? I can actually smell it right now. <laughs> Never mind, I let one rip just before recording. The remnants must still be in the closet with me. (laughs) Not much air circulation in here. My apologies. I don't think I've ever done a Valentine's Day special. I start working on these stories in advance of all the different holidays, and usually it just slips my mind what time of year it is and all that. But this year, we did it, baby. So let's get into it. But first, a romantic joke to set the mood. So there's this guy named Steve... And boy, was he in trouble with his old lady. He forgot their wedding anniversary. His wife was real angry. She told him, Tomorrow morning, I expect to find a gift in the driveway that goes from zero to 200 in less than six seconds, and it better be there. The next morning, Steve got up early and left for work. When his wife woke up, she looked out the window, and sure enough, there was a box gift-wrapped in the middle of the driveway. But it was much too small to be a car. Confused, the wife put on her robe and walked out and grabbed the gift and brought it back into the house. She opened it up, and there it was. A brand new bathroom scale. Alright everybody, hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with a couple tales of a level true crime. Don't worry my friends, I promise to get you back home by 6 o'clock. I mean 6 o'clock. Episode number 126, Hopeless Romantics. I'm not a romantic guy. I hate Valentine's Day. And I don't have any personal anecdotes I feel like sharing at this time. So I went to BuzzFeed where they have one of their articles asking people to share Valentine's Day horror stories. This one's from Amanda. I was admitted to the ER at 8am on Valentine's Day and was told my appendix was way too big and that it needed to be removed before it burst. They didn't get me into surgery until 7 p.m., and I wasn't allowed to eat this whole time. My now husband was by my side the entire day, and once I was out of surgery, we ordered a heart-shaped pizza from Papa John's. It was absolute trash. It was a super lame Valentine's Day. Amanda's right. That does sound like a super lame Valentine's Day. But hey, at least she didn't get arrested. Some people can't say the same.
Okay, our first story takes us to Portland, Oregon, specifically Northeast Portland, where a couple of lovebirds by the name of Nicholas Alexander Harbor and Stephanie Morgan Pelsner reside. Busting out the middle names early. This must be trouble. Portland, by the way, is a big city, and with that big city comes big crime, at least according to our friends over at NeighborhoodScout.com. They give Portland a 1 on the crime index, meaning it's only safer than 1% of U.S. cities. Chances of becoming a victim of a violent crime are 1 in 134 over there. 1 in 15 for a property crime. Well above the averages for the state of Oregon. It's Valentine's Day, of course, back in 2012. And 31-year-old Nicholas and 26-year-old Stephanie are a rather kinky couple. It's around noon, and they are out for a drive in their blue Subaru Legacy. Now, like I said, it's 2012. I don't know if this was a brand new vehicle they were driving back then, but let's assume it was, because I looked up the 2012 Subaru Legacy. And according to MotorTrend.com, they gave this relevant information. Subaru proudly points out that its five-passenger sedan is an insurance institute for highway safety top safety pick and that its 103 cubic feet of passenger space is among the best in its class. The Legacy also offers a large back seat area that should be comfortable for both children and tall adults. Okay, and why is this relevant, you ask? Well, because on this romantic afternoon drive, our boy Nicholas is behind the wheel, and our girl Stephanie is in the back seat, bound and gagged. Well, maybe not gagged, but she does have duct tape over her mouth. I think that counts as gagged, right? Anyway, she was also naked. Yikes. Of course, Stephanie is a willing participant in this whole fiasco. So this couple have been driving around town doing what they'd later describe as a little Valentine's Day role-playing. I guess Nick played the role of kidnapper slash rapist, and Steph was the rapey slash kidnappy. Hilarious. Excuse me while I hold back the laughter. They'd done this for about a half hour, getting off on the shock value, which, hey, I believe Portland's slogan is keep Portland weird, and I guess they do, because no one was shocked enough by this to call police. That is until 12.35 p.m., when the couple were leaving the parking lot of the New Seasons Market on North Interstate Avenue. This is a grocery supplier with many locally sourced items, also selling home goods and wellness products. A concerned citizen finally confronted Nicholas. They had a little back and forth. Nick explained the hilarious situation, to which the unnamed hero kind of chuckled, but then still called police to give themselves peace of mind. You know, just in case, because if someone was kidnapping a naked woman and confronted for it, a decent excuse would probably be, oh, that's just my old lady in the back. We're just having a laugh, aren't we, babe? I actually have an excerpt of this 911 call, so let's reenact it here. 911 caller. I said, what's going on here? You having some fun or what? And he said, yeah. He just kind of nodded his head. I looked at her and asked, do you want me to call the cops? She shook her head no, but you know, her mouth was duct taped and her eyes were just kind of hazy and seemed out of it. Yeah, we're just having some fun, he said. And, um, for the record, thanks for checking because you're the first person who's actually done anything. Everyone else has just rolled their eyes. Okay. <laughs> And I find this really annoying. Nicholas is showing some awareness here, at least, by thanking the citizen for showing concern. It's weird that the other witnesses just rolled their eyes. It must have been obvious it was a joke. Poor acting. Maybe Nick was laughing. I don't know. 
Because if Stephanie was also laughing, you wouldn't even be able to tell, because her mouth was duct taped. Nicholas admits that they were just doing this for attention. This was back in 2012. They didn't film it for a TikTok or throw it on their YouTube channel or anything like that, at least. But this is the type of thing we see in society too much these days. People playing these practical jokes in public for likes and attention. And honestly, I find it pathetic. In 2012, I was 30 and my wife was 26. We weren't married yet, but we were dating. And basically the same age as these two. And I can't picture us doing this. It's not my thing. But I suppose if my wife was into it, I could have been persuaded to bind and gag her and throw her naked body in the backseat of the car for a good laugh. I would definitely realize the risk involved of getting beat up, followed, and or arrested for such ridiculous behavior, though. So yeah, I'd only do it if my girlfriend was super into it. I don't know if this was the case for Stephanie and Nick, if she was the one pushing for this. Either way, it's stupid. After police got this 911 call, they took it seriously and were on high alert for a blue Subaru legacy. Another witness also put a call in, and they were awesome. They actually took down the license plate. So we have nine police vehicles scouring the neighborhood looking for this possible kidnapping victim. Serious stuff. And one of the cops sat across the street from Nick and Steph's home. They were able to get the address from the license plate info on the vehicle. Finally, at 12.56 p.m., after a little more cruising, Nick and Steph pulled into their driveway, where they were greeted by law enforcement. The couple confirmed that this was all a joke. Steph draped a dress over her naked body while she was interviewed. And police found a bottle of wine in the back seat of the spacious Subaru. One of the responding officers was a veteran on the force, Willie Halliburton, who seems like an interesting character himself. He's known as the comedy cop, as he does stand-up on the side, in uniform. Willie said this of the situation, quote, They were real apologetic. It was the weirdest thing I've seen in my 24 years on the force. If I could use this act in my routine, I would. But I try to be respectful. End quote. Yeah, good material for sure. The couple was charged with second-degree disorderly conduct. And as you can imagine, this story gained some traction, making headlines far and wide. One of the commenters on a Twitter article said, They should have stuck with chocolate and flowers. No doubt. But what's the fun in that? The couple's attorney, Adam Greenman, said they wished it never happened. And they were embarrassed. For not only themselves, but also their families. Yeah, they probably were, I guess. But I mean, isn't this the result they wanted? Maybe just not on such a large scale. One of those, be careful what you wish for type situations. Nicholas and Stephanie got lucky that a judge took it easy on them. About six weeks later, on March 28th, the judge wiped their records clean, as they'd been apologetic and each completed 16 hours of community service. So good for them. Although the embarrassment and shame of what they did, which I'm still not fully convinced is sincere, will last a lifetime. Whenever someone looks up their names, or a semi-successful petty crime podcaster decides to feature their story 12 years later on a Valentine's Day episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Right on. 
And let's get into story number two, which takes place in Noonan, Georgia. Noonan is a city about 40 miles southwest of Atlanta with a population of 43,000-ish people, according to the 2020 census. This incident will occur at a Target on Valentine's Day of 2023. Hmm, a Target, you say? This Target is on Bullsboro Drive, 555 Bullsboro Drive to be exact, and the location receives a 4.1 star average from 538 Google reviews. So let's hear about it from the people. It seems like the store has seen better days as the recent reviews are very similar and paint a picture of a place that has seemingly given up. Jan, two weeks ago, said, This store has become an embarrassment to our community. It's gross. Filthy, dirty floors. Trash scattered around on shelves. Every department has stuff on the floors. Poorly stocked. Changing rooms have at least four carts overflowing with clothes. Employees wear crinkled clothes and half of them don't even wear uniforms. I've reached out to corporate, but no reply. It's become a bad joke. And more people go to Walmart. Somebody do something. Okay, let's get another review from Chris, 10 months ago. He says, Don't be fooled by the red lettering that appears to say Target up front. This is actually a Walmart or Dollar Tree. Everything is out of place and cleanliness is not a thing here. Truly a sad state of a Target, as they are supposed to be a really great department store. Christmas Starbucks cup on the shelf in April. <laughs> Laugh my ass off. They could really use a trip from corporate, because I'm pretty sure they'd shut this place down. This post isn't meant to complain, rather just inform you so you know what you're walking into, since the sign out front mislabels the store. Alright, sounds like a complaint to me, Chris, but yeah, I always find it crazy when there's a popular big-ass company like this, and they have a store where it seems like nobody gives a shit. They've just given up. It's wild. There were a lot of comments about the washrooms being filthy as well. Seems like no one's doing their jobs. When I worked overnights at Walmart, there was a cleaning crew of five people. They'd be sweeping and scrubbing the floors, emptying garbages, and cleaning the washrooms every night. I'm sure Target is no different. Or at least they shouldn't be. They got a lot of money to spread around. Man, I wish I could have worked at this place. Management seems pretty chill. If there is any at all. Alright, so here we are at this filthy Target on Valentine's Day of 2023. And we are going to follow a man named Christopher James Smith. Chris is a 31-year-old who needs to get laid. I say this because he seems very frustrated and deals with that frustration in some very peculiar ways. It all starts around 6 p.m. He enters this Target and wanders over to the electronics section, which is always pretty cool. Overpriced DVDs, video games, stuff like that. But that's not what Chris cares about. He goes to these display speakers and tries them out. He likes his music loud. And, you know, when you're checking out speakers, you want to see what they're made of. So he cranks up the volume all the way. This causes quite the disruption, and employees ask him to leave, which Chris does, after arguing and yelling at them, of course. The mayhem doesn't stop here, though, as police receive a call about a man displaying some strange behavior in the parking lot of this Target. This is around 7 p.m. now. The man, who, spoiler, is Chris, is driving a white Jeep Grand Cherokee pretty cool vehicle and he's slowly cruising around the parking lot yelling at customers he has no shirt on remember this is in the middle of the winter but he's wearing a jacket i thought this was a strange detail how would anyone even know that but i guess he's got the jacket on but it's not zipped up so you can see his hairy chest and his belly 
Chris is also, surprise, surprise, playing his music at an extremely high volume. If it's too loud, you're too old, is our boy's motto. He's also jumping up and down in the Jeep. Hilarious. So we have this big, tall dude cruising around a parking lot with a jacket and no shirt, blaring his music, jumping up and down in the vehicle. I'm assuming he's got his head sticking out of the top of the Jeep. Kind of scary. He's not breaking too many laws, but definitely an unhinged individual. And I'd say that would be worthy of a call to police. I'm on board with that. When an officer finally arrives on the scene, he can't locate Crazy Chris in the parking lot, so he clears this call and leaves. Maybe Chris went to grab a cheeseburger or something. But don't worry, he comes back. About an hour later, police receive multiple calls this time. And this is shortly after 8pm. And they're talking about a man in a white jeep acting very creepy. See, the first call was warranted because now Chris is escalating. He is now exposing himself to women in the parking lot. Not cool. It's getting later. Chris is getting desperate now for a date. Kind of like when you're at the bar on its last call and you want to bring someone home with you. You might start lowering your standards at that point. And Chris is trying. He's hoping a lady might like what they see and hop in his jeep. But yeah, that kind of thing only happens in pornos, I guess. We have multiple officers showing up this time, and Chris is finally caught. He couldn't escape because his car was blocked in by several customers. Good for them. When police approach Chris, they smell marijuana. Actually, in his mugshot, his eyes are pretty droopy. He's drowsy looking. So this is starting to make sense. Chris tells them he was just at the hemp store, and he has some hemp on him. And that's what they're smelling. A quick search of the vehicle proves that wrong. They find a snack that has a government warning on it, stating, This product contains a Schedule One controlled substance. Ooh, busted. They also find three packs of gummies. I guess he hit up one of those cannabis shops. Oh, maybe that's where Chris was an hour earlier when the first officer couldn't find him. Interesting. Police place Chris under arrest and attempt to get him in the back of their squad car. The big man puts up quite the fight, shouting, I do not consent to this. Oh, cool. Suddenly he knows what consent is. Too bad he didn't use that knowledge earlier when he was showing his junk to all those ladies. Christopher is lifted by a couple of officers and thrown into the back of the cruiser. He's taken into custody on drug charges, obstruction, and criminal trespass, putting an end to what was probably his worst Valentine's Day ever. Or perhaps he found love in the county jail with another lonely loser. One can only hope. One can only hope. And we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 126, Hopeless Romantics. Those stories weren't too lovey-dovey now, were they? More hopeless than they were romantic. And that's how Daddy likes it. All right, you know what time it is. Listener confession time, baby! So let's get criminal, criminal. I wanna get criminal. This listener confession comes in from Darren, and he says, Hey, Leroy, long-time listener of the show, and I'm always excited when a new episode drops. Your latest one about hot pocket crimes unlocked an old memory for me. I was a teenager hanging out with my buddies, like I did most nights, and I had told my parents I wouldn't be home for dinner. Well, we were hanging out downtown, and I started to get hungry. A couple of my friends went to the local pizza shop and grabbed a slice and a soda. I, unfortunately, didn't have any money. But I remembered I had some delicious Hot Pockets at home. 
and my house was less than a 10-minute bike ride away. So I decided to go home and quickly heat up a couple of those bad boys, then come back and meet up with my friends. When I arrived at my house, I, uh, it sickens me to even type this all these years later. But without going into too much detail, I walked in on my parents, getting it on, in the living room. I wanted to pour bleach in my eyes. It was terrible. I suppose, in their defense, I did say I wasn't coming home for dinner. Never did have those hot pockets. Seeing your parents buck-ass naked tends to make you lose your appetite. Would not recommend. Aw man, Darren, that is rough. One question, though. What position? I kid, I kid. (laughs) I think I'm safe because my stepdad doesn't listen to this, but when I was in grade 5, I came home for lunch, then left, and on my way back to school, I realized I forgot something at home, so I ran back in the house. And there he was, my stepdaddy sitting on the couch, pants around his ankles, rubbing one out. So there you go, Darren. Maybe not quite as bad, but still a disturbing memory that you unlocked for me. So thanks for returning the favor. Um, yes, yeah, send me your petty crime confessions or stories about walking in on your parents making love, apparently. Just any bizarre stories you have, and like my pal Darren here, you too could have your story played on the air. Speaking of bizarre, my bro Jack Luna and I have a show called How Bizarre, How Bizarre, where we discuss strange businesses. Our latest one, we actually just talked about America's lowest rated McDonald's over in Michigan, read a bunch of reviews, and talked about a couple incidents that were in the newspaper over there. It was a lot of fun. We also get wild on our monthly Luna Bin show, and that is all available when you join the Neighborhood Watch on Patreon, along with ad-free episodes, for the price of a Big Mac a month. If you want to join up, there's a link in the show notes. There's links to the private Facebook group as well, Instagram, all that good stuff. So give me a follow if you can. I'd really appreciate it. All right, before we get out of here, I have a promo to play for you for a fantastic true crime podcast that I love called Minds of Madness. It's hosted by my boy Tyler, great guy. And he's releasing an investigative four-part series this month called Who Killed Jennifer? It's a must-listen, and I wanted to help spread the word. You'll hear about it from the manly Tyler himself in a moment. As for myself, come meet me back here in another 10 days, and I'll happily serve you up a hearty helping of soft-course gum baggery. Peace! Take it away, Tyler. On February 4th, The Minds of Madness is set to release an investigative four-part series centered on a cold case from nearly four decades ago. At first, it was just, my mom's gone. And then it became, you know, your mom was taken by a bad man. They found video of him killing women. If you'd ever watched any uh, episodes of Breaking Bad, that's exactly what you would see. He buried these 11 women and kept going out there. He made a road going out there. You got this dude saying, hey, I'm going to show your family these pictures. And, like, he's secretly taping her. The cops don't care. We're nothing to them. Dumped her like a piece of garbage, you know? I don't see anything that screams there's two people doing this. I never thought anything was going to come of this case. Ever. Listen to the Minds of Madness series, Who Killed Jennifer, starting February 4th, wherever you get your podcasts.